So uh, today we are talking about uh, Remember and uh, just a one-off series. We start a new series next week, uh, but in light of the church's birthday, um, I felt like we would uh, we'd do this. Today's message is going to be simple and uh, I think pretty cool. It was neat for me to kind of rehash some of the things that I'm I'm realizing that God's been doing, and so uh, I'll bring them to you this morning. If you have, uh, anyways, uh, Psalms chapter uh, 111, 111, verses 4 and 5. He caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food for those who fear him, and he remembers his covenant forever. He remembers his covenant forever. He caused wonders to be remembered, for the Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. Let's pray. Jesus, would you help? Amen. Remember, he, the Lord is gracious and compassionate. He remembers his covenant forever. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He remembers his covenant forever. When I heard that verse this week, um, I was really taken back that he remembers his covenant forever. I want to remind you that I don't know where you are in the season of your life with the Lord, but he remembers his promises. And he is gracious and compassionate, and he is good, and he is good, and he is good. And I've been thinking about the goodness of God, and uh, today is Memorial Day. And so um, in the light of that, we want to talk about remembering, and it's good to remember those that have, that have died for us. Uh, today, there are many soldiers that will be five, 6,000 miles away from their home. Um, as we barbecue this weekend, and we have fun, and we celebrate, it's because people put us in this position where we can be just perfect. And so if you see a soldier, buy them coffee, buy them dinner, um, thank them. But uh, some people today will be in 120 degree weather with 60 pounds of equipment on their body and uh, they won't be barbecuing. They won't be celebrating with their loved ones. They may be lucky enough to send a phone call home, but I can't imagine what it would be like to be without family. If I go three days away from my family. <laughs> I am crying and I'm a hot mess. And so I'm just grateful today for those that are in service, not to mention those that died, that allowed this to happen, the ultimate sacrifice that people, that are, that our, our country has made. And so uh, I'm just, I'm thankful. I realize that it's the death of others that has made my life so perfect that it is today. And we're gonna talk about the death of Christ today but I realized, man, we live in the greatest country in the world because of everyone that's fought for us. And uh, one of the other things that I'm grateful for today is that we can worship freely because of what our country has done for us. It is absolutely crazy to remember, and I think many of us in the body of Christ aren't even aware of the persecution that happens globally. But as many gather in churches, you know, if you saw just this Easter, the churches that were bombed uh, overseas and, and, and the persecution that happens everywhere. We celebrate so freely. And I have a missionary friend that's overseas. And we were talking about the prices that he pays uh, to worship God. And, and he is actually, he trains missionaries that are going into these dangerous areas with the gospel. And uh, one of the prices that he has to pay is actually he has to send his children 
to another country to school uh, because they can't be with him because he's targeted. And he would be afraid that one day his children would be um, targeted because of his faith and what he's doing for Christ. And as we sat and talked with him one time, uh, we shared with the man, like, you pay such a price. And he was like, man, you think it's hard for me to love God? It's so much harder for you guys because you have cable television and you live just like casual lives. And I realize we don't realize how easy it is for us that in some ways everything is so good that it actually makes it harder for us to value and appreciate and really steady our heart because things just come so easy for us because of all the sacrifices that people have made around us. And so if you can, fix your heart today with us on gratitude. To remember, to, to, one, to, to remember is to be a, a part, something or someone that's a part of something or somebody, a group of people, a person that's a part of a group of people or something that's a part of something bigger would be a member. To remember would be to attach itself again to its body. And thinking about the way our memories work today, that we experienced something in our life that when we allow ourselves to go back in time and remember a moment that happened, it, it almost revisits ourselves in our, in our current moment. And we have this great experience. Many moms uh, love to take photos and uh, they walk around with photos. And if you revisit the, you know, any of those, those old memories, it like comes back in a moment and you can see it again. It's like sometimes you see an old picture and you can, you can smell the room. You remember what it was like and I'm playing baseball with my son now again and it takes me back to when I was nine years old and the smell of the grass and the dirt and the things and to remember makes, it brings it current again in my life and reattaches itself to me where I'm at. So with today being the ninth birthday of the church, um, it brings back a lot of memories of where we've been. And I wanted to kind of celebrate some of those things with you. I want to make sure you know, becoming a pastor was one of the hardest things that I've ever done. It's nothing like the price that soldiers pay on a daily basis. But it required a crazy amount of faith for me. And I think that there's a lot of things that you're experiencing in your life right now that requires a crazy amount of faith and seems to be really difficult for you just to believe but if you look back sometimes, you can see the hand of God in your life and it makes it easier for you to trust the process of where God's taking you. Does that make sense? And, uh, and so I'm celebrating so many things right now. Today, my heart is so full. Nine years ago, um, we had stepped down from, from a great church that me and my wife were a part of and um, we set out on a journey to, uh, to start a, a Bible study. We didn't know what it was gonna be like and uh, when we started the Bible study, we didn't know, even know how it was going to go down. We called a few friends and said, hey, look, what we need to do, what are we trying to do? We're just trying to make sure that our hearts love Jesus. I'm still trying to do that today. I haven't even championed that in nine years. I'm still trying to steady my heart to make sure that Jesus, I love him more than my wife, more than my children, more than my friendships, more than my money, more than uh, my own health or my own safety. I wanna make sure that Jesus gets the top priority of my life. And so we brought some friends together and it was the craziest part was it happened to be on the eve of our son's birthday. And uh, so uh, we came 
10 months pregnant to our first Bible study and everyone prayed for us that night knowing that we were gonna go into labor the next morning and give birth to our first kid. And it was uh, a crazy roller coaster from there, man. It, and it hasn't started. If you've ever met Micah, he hasn't made the whole process very easy for us. You know what I mean? <laughs> it gets crazy. Uh, but it's neat to know that um, I, where he's at and where we are. And along the way, some, a, lot, a lot of neat things happened I wanted to remind you guys about. You know, in our church, we've got to see some really neat things. I, I, I can say for certain that uh, without exaggerating, I was trying to come up with an exact numbers for you guys, and I just, I couldn't. Any of you that know me know that I struggle with details, you know? Uh, and so uh, I wanted to make sure that I didn't exaggerate anything. But I can say for certain that more than 60 children that have been born in our church, we've dedicated to Jesus in nine years. That's thinking so cool. You know, there are some churches that are lucky if they see two. You know, some that like their nursery is like held down with like no one in it, you know, and it's like just taking up space and ours, it's crazy. Sometimes the people that are back there, six, 18, 15, 40 kids in the nursery, right, Tracy? Sorry, we appreciate everything you do for us. Right, mamas? Um, and so uh, it's, it's really one of the coolest things uh, when we get to dedicate a little baby and to see our church young and growing uh, it's really wonderful for me. Uh, one of the other things, last week we celebrated uh, bat water baptism. We, I think we water baptized eight folks last, last week. A lot of them were youth, which is really cool. Uh, over the nine years in our church, I could say for certain that more than 85 people have been water baptized in our church. That's 85 people that wanted to make sure that all their friends and family knew that they were making an eternal decision to follow Jesus with all their life. That that's awesome. That's nothing that I could take credit for, but that is something that we can take credit for as a people. And so I want to make sure you know that like, if you personally, if you're here today and you haven't made that decision to be baptized in water, that's your next step is to make sure you tell the world, hey, look, Jesus is the Lord of my life and I want everyone to know it and I'm going to do my best to follow him. And uh, it's a glorious moment in your life. And you, I mean, I, I, words really are hard to express what it feels like to come up out of the water. It's, it's refreshing, first of all, on a hot summer day to jump in any water, right? Uh, especially in Florida. But when you come out and you get a sense that you've been washed and that there's no more shame and there's no more guilt and there's no more hiding and that you've, you've honored the Lord in obedience, it's a beautiful day. We've seen countless miracles in our church. Many, some of my favorites that have really, that I've fought for the most some people are cancer survivors here, and there's a lot of other things, but I, I think of the babies that have been born, uh, the moms that have fought and fought and miscarriage and miscarriage and fought and fought and fought to, to have this little precious gift, and now to see some of them four years old running around pushing us adults out of the way so they could claim their church, I think that that's one of the greatest miracles ever to me. Um, and to see, uh, you know, like Rachel with the twins, those kids are so ginormous now. Like what the heck is going on? And that miracle and that many of us were along for that process. It's a really cool experience for me to know that God has done great things and you can see some of those miracles. You know, one of the other things is, uh, you know, just this weekend, um, some of you, many of you have been praying with us and we want to thank you for your prayers for little baby Finn. Um, uh, one of, uh, there's a couple that comes to our church. Their name is Jessica and Chris, and uh, they've been praying for over nine years that God would give them their first child. 
And uh, we have fought and prayed and fought and prayed. And we've had years where we've had more than 12 babies born in our church. And when you're infertile for that long and you see so many people around you getting what God is doing in their life and you're questioning, like, I want you to know the questions are real. And I know that some of you have questions today. God, what are you doing in my life? And unfortunately, sometimes God doesn't answer those questions and you don't understand the process. And it's been hard to hold hands with some people when they don't know what God is doing. But we're still gonna declare that God is gracious and he's compassionate and he's faithful and he's good and he loves us and, he, and we're still enjoying him. But God, what about me? You know, Jessica and Chris gave birth this, uh, this Wednesday to um, a beautiful two pound, uh, one pound, 1.2 ounce, beautiful little boy. Um, and it's such a miracle, man. I mean, I've cried so much this week. I'm gonna try not to do it. But I, I, what I love is, we have a community that gets to see the hand of God together because we're a people that are doing this together and we're fighting for each other. And uh, the fight's not over. We're going to continue to fight for little mighty Finn. And uh, we're going to continue to fight for his heartbeat and his brain activity and all of the things that his body needs to develop over the next three, four, five, 20 years, you know. Um, but I love to see God move. And I love, I'm grateful for a community that has really changed my view of church. Sometimes you just see it on a big scale when you just, you don't know if there's miracles out in the crowd, but when you're holding hands with people, you can't help but know that God just touched them. I'm writing down the marriages. I can't tell you how many marriages in this church have been brought together and unified, but almost more important for me is those that have been saved. It's hard being married. I'm, I'm married, and I know that my wife has a difficult process dealing with someone like me. But I, I know that there's been so many marriages that have been fought and won right here in these altars. And that's a great thing to see together in a world and a society today that people, when it's, hard, when it's fighting time, they just walk. And we believe in it and we're holding people's hands in the miracle of seeing two people's wills that are going in opposite direction, humbled and brought back together because of the redemptive love of Jesus. That's awesome, man. And so I'm thinking about all the salvations and, and really just what it means to be a community. I'm grateful to be a part of something where we get to do this together. You're like, really, is this the message today? Yeah, because this is part of God's plan, that we would be the body of Christ. And I want you to know, a hand should know what's happening to the foot, and the knee should know what's going on with the shoulder. And it's important for those of you, man, we have a lot of people that are in the trenches here and that work hard, and I do want you to know that God has a plan for you. There's a gift in your life and you're supposed to use it and you're supposed to use it for Jesus. There are talents in your life that aren't like anything that I'm capable of doing or anything that, that, that Chad's able to do or Lindsay or anyone, like you're different. And when we come together, there are many people that are working here and it's wonderful to know of all the miracles that God has done over the years within our community and I'm thankful. Today I look back and I remember the soldiers that fought for us and the people in this church that fought for, for me and fought for my wife or fought for my children or fought for your children. And it's good to know that when things go down in our church, 
we're not gonna be alone. And I want you to know that there may be moments and times where you feel alone. Shoot, I've been in the hospital and felt alone. But there's been times where I've known that I know that I know that there's people that are praying for me. And uh, I'm so grateful for the way community church for that. Does that make sense? That's my intro. Praise the Lord. I'm just looking back and I'm remembering and uh, I'm super duper duper grateful. Psalm 77 verse 11 through 12 says this. He says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. And I will consider all of your works and I will meditate on your mighty deeds. I will remember the deeds of the Lord and I will remember your miracles of long ago and I will consider all of your works and I will remember all of your mighty deeds. And how often do you take time to look back and think about the things that God has done for you? The times that you have 100% seen the hand of God in your life. When you've experienced the Holy Spirit, I wanna let you know if you've never experienced the Holy Spirit, I wanna throw it out there for you. God is real. He's real. He's nothing to be scared of. He actually loves you. And you were made for him. He's the lover of your soul and he's the only thing that you will fit perfectly for. There is a hole in every person's heart and a void of something that's missing until we reconnect with God. And I wanna let you know that he has a plan for you and um, he wants to move in your life. And if you've never had an experience with God, I dare you to park your car in an empty parking lot or drive to the beach tonight and sit out there and wait for God to move in your life. It's one of the most beautiful things that ever happens and no one can ever take it from you, the miracle of the time that God touched or spoke or ignited your heart. It was the greatest moment of my life and the most defining thing that's ever happened to me. And I say that only to create a hunger and a tenacity inside of you, if I would, uh, the greatest cheeseburger I've ever eaten in my life is at SNL Burger right down the street. It's the greatest. Never had a better one. And I would say that as a, to, to, to lure you to go to that business to eat the greatest cheeseburger in the world, but I want, more importantly, to you to know that the greatest thing that can ever happen in your life is for you to have an experience with Jesus. No one can get you there but you. No pastor can do it for you. No, no, like it's, it's just you saying, here I am, God, and waiting and uh, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Let me uh, take you today in scripture to um, the 1 Corinthians chapter 11. This is a super popular set of passages and uh, Jesus is uh, referred to here from the night that he had Passover with his disciples. Passover was a, a Jewish dinner that he would have remembering the 12, the 10 plagues that happened with Moses and, and the deliverance of Israel from Egypt. And uh, Jesus was celebrating that dinner with his disciples. And in that he was saying, hey, look, there's a new promise that's coming your way. There's a new promise that's coming your way. There's a new promise that's coming your way. And so he was talking to his disciples who were his best friends that were about to get hit by a truck of something that was gonna happen in their life that they weren't ready for and they were just gonna witness it. And I think some of us may have ever had an episode like that where you just didn't see it coming, where something happened in your life that just freaked you out. The disciples lost their best friend and Jesus tried to tell them that it was coming. They had no idea. Paul's gonna recap it here for you in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. He said, hey, listen, what I received from the Lord, what I also passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread 
and he gave thanks to it and he broke it and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. I want you to do this in remembrance of me. What would the disciples would be doing at the dinner table that night is that they would be breaking bread and passing it down, remembering the promises of God when God promised he would deliver his, the Israelites from Egypt. And they were remembering all the things that, that God did for Israel. And Jesus was saying, hey, look, man, this is my body and I'm breaking it for you. And I want you to take this in remembrance of me. I want you to know that I'm gonna deliver you in a completely different way and my body's gonna be broken just like this bread, but in a completely different way. And boy, was he ever broken for us. And I remember the first time I ever heard the gospel of Jesus. I, it was like I've seen pictures of Jesus on a cross my whole life, but I never knew that God loved me, and I never knew what he did for me. I'll come back to it. In verse 25, it says, in the same way, after supper, he took a cup, and he said this, is the cup of my new covenant in my blood. And do this whenever you drink of it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat of this bread and you drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And Jesus would say to him, hey, look, guys, I'm gonna lift up a new cup and I'm gonna make a new promise to you guys. And his new promise that he would say right before he ascended into heaven is that I will be with you always, even to the ends of the earth. I will be with you always, even to the ends of the earth. I don't know if you understand the weight of that kind of promise, but I can tell you one thing, that there is a nobody on this planet that can promise you that, that they'll be with you always, even to the ends of the earth. And what I've learned is it doesn't matter what circumstance or what situation I'm in, the only one that can hold my hand through it is Jesus. I have the most faithful wife I've ever had in my life. I've never had to have a moment of mistrust for her. She is the most, she's, she's just faithful. There's never a moment that I'll ever doubt her agenda in, in, in my life. But I know that she can't promise me that she'll be with me always. And I know that she can't deliver me in circumstances that only God can. I don't know where you are today, but I know that the promise rings true for you that he alone will be with you always, even to the ends of the earth. And I think that's the greatest miracle. I love that many people have given their life and put me in a position that I'm so, 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 so blessed. And many people around me, even in our church, have fought and done great things and served, and it's put uh, many of us in a position that we're very, very grateful and like we're together. But what Jesus has done when he gave his life on the cross and he gave us the Holy Spirit, sealed something that no one else could ever, ever do. He redeemed us, first of all, from any circumstance that we're gonna be in. He washed away any kind of shame or any kind of guilt to absolve us, absolve us of the fear of the punishment of God. He healed us to our innermost. What's so weird about this is you, if you would study other gods, there's a God for this and a God for that and a God for this and a God for that and we have one who will do it all. Jesus paid your price to wash you, paid your price to heal you, paid your price 
to redeem you and be with you for all eternity. And many of us are still running from God. Many of us have still circumstances in our life where there is shame or there's guilt. And it's like we have to be two people sometimes. We have to hide it from others. And you never have to hide it from the Lord. I'm telling you right now because he already knows. He already sees it. And he already chooses to love you anyway. There is no one like the Lord. And what he wants to do is he wants to change that person from the innermost. He wants to heal you of the anger, of the hurt, of the unforgiveness, of the bitterness, of what others have done. He wants to wash you and make all things new. He wants to bring you into a community of other people where you can be a part of his church, his bride, his body, his people. He wants to give you purpose. And I... I know that when I'm not serving him, even for a day, it's like there's something missing in my life. I'm supposed to be doing great things for the Lord. I'm supposed to be building something with the people. Anyways, <clears throat> today on Memorial Day, I can't even explain to you the gratitude that I have in my life for the sacrifice that many soldiers have given for us. The love of God that I have found in this church from the sacrifice that other people make on a daily basis is crazy to me. The things that Melissa does or Angel does or there's so, I mean, I can go on and on. It fuels a love for God inside of me to remind me that I must press on and fight the fight not to be a good citizen or a good patriot, but to be a good child of God. And it's because I see the love of God and represented in many of you. But nothing is more awesome than when I see what Jesus has done for me on the cross. <clears throat> so I want to remind you just real quick. Um, Brady, if you're here, I don't know if he is in this room, is he? Is not. Rico, would you and Logan and Gary, would you guys mind passing out the elements? We're going to take communion today. And uh, I just want to tell you the quick story so we all can remember together. Um, in the Jewish customs, what they would do is um, everyone in their family to absolve themselves of sin would, would make a sacrifice of some kind of animal because innocence was always represented by blood and it would be difficult for one person to make sacrifice and it was an ugly, gross thing but when innocence would replace, the blood of innocence would wash the guilt away from a person and, and cleanse their soul. Jesus was that lamb for us. He was that Passover lamb. And what he did is he told his disciples that he was gonna be betrayed. And he prayed to his father. He said, Father, if there's any way to pass this cup from me, have your way. And he paid the ultimate price and this is the greatest story that I think I can ever tell. And it's hard sometimes because I feel like I've told it so many times, but it's wonderful to revisit it and remember it and relearn it because there is nothing that has changed my life more than this story. Lindsay, would you mind, would you lower the lights just for a few moments? And Deb, if you're here, would you come back? I'm gonna tell you a story that you already know. I'm gonna tell you a story that you already remember. And all that I'm gonna ask you to do is
to revisit the man that died for you. See, if there was a soldier that I knew that gave his life for me, I would, I would go to that grave. I have many uncles, I have fathers, I have, I have cousins that have been in the war and many of them have lost friends and for them, I, I always, I, I, but I know that there was a man that died to get to me and his name was Jesus. And he knew of the hurt in my soul and he knew of the things that were broken inside of me and he knew of the sin that I could not cleanse on my own and he knew of the broken places, he knew of the pride, he knew of the jealousy, he knew of the hurt, he knew of the, the shame, he, he, he knew of the confusion, he knew of the, the wandering. And he knew that there was nothing I could do to fix it. And Jesus decided to go to a cross what happened when he was betrayed, he was, he was whipped with a cat of nine tails over and over and over and over again. And the pain that must have surged through his body is like nothing, I believe. It, it, it scares me to think of it. And this isn't just a story. This is what Romans would do. This isn't like we didn't make this up as Christians. It was part of the Roman law. They would whip Jews up to 39 times with the cat of nine tails. And our Savior, the sinless one, the one who gave, the one who healed, the one who loved, the one who comforted, the one who was a peacemaker, the, 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 the one who, was, who would touch those that were of leprosy. and the one, he, he always went out of his way to make sure that others knew that they were loved. He felt pain all through his body again and again and again and again. And I want to declare to you, I've seen healing time and time again. It was by his stripes that we are healed. He did not just endure pain to endure pain. He did it for us to heal us to our core. I have seen Jesus open blind eyes. I have seen him open deaf ears. I have seen the, the lame walk. I have seen the, the barren uh, made whole. I, I've seen countless miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. I've seen marriages mended, the stripes that he bore on his back. Or to make you and I whole. And there are many still here today that aren't gonna be honest with it, that are still trying to do it on their own. And I promise you, friend, that if, if you could do it on your own, he, got the, he would have never allowed his son to go to the cross if you could do it on your own. He wouldn't have died in vain if you could get to heaven by your good deeds. He, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't go to the cross if you could do it on your own. And after he was whipped, they put a robe on him and a crown on his head and they laughed at him. And I think of the shame and the guilt that people carry. The shame as they would, they would laugh at him and say, you're the king of the kings. Oh, you're the king of the Jews. Great, great. And they punched him and they spat on him and they laughed at him. They put a cross on his back and they marched him up a hill. And our Savior would fall and he would fall to the point where he couldn't, there was no more strength in his body because of the pain going through his body. They made someone else carry his cross for him. They walked him up a hill. They laid him down on the ground. 
They opened his hands. They stacked his feet. And they drove nine big old spikes through his wrists and through his feet. And I can't imagine what it was like when my Savior's arms were pierced for the first time. A surge of emotion that would run through his body. And they would do it again and again and again as they would pound on those spikes. I know that you know the story, but I want you to remember, I don't know where you are, but if you could fix you on your own, Jesus would have never went to the cross. If you could redeem yourself, Jesus would have never opened his, opened his hands and allowed the blood to flow. They hoisted him up in the air and he hung there for hours. And they would mock him and say, if you're really the son of God, why don't you come down on that, off from that cross? And what's so crazy is I, I really believe with all my heart, it's love that kept him there. It is our natural instinct to, 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 to run from pain. And Jesus ran to it and he stayed and endured it. And what is the most glorious thing is when he died. When he said his last breath, he said, it is, it is finished. I am done. The work, Father, that you gave to me to do, it is done. I have done everything that I can to get to your people. I want you to know that Jesus believes that he paid the ultimate price to get to you. He loves 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 you. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all, he paid it all, he paid it all, he paid it all, he paid it all.